That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. International break is over. We had a major firing from a quote-unquote top six team that's not in the top six. And we're back. Welcome to the Ghost Gold Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. We got Alex Moss. We got Javier Revelo along for the ride today. Gentlemen, how did you celebrate your international break? I'm pretty much watching no footy. Uh, caught up a little bit on the on the basketball and the football. You know, got got a little bit a uh, little bit of a break, and we did have a good uh, continental catch up. Though it was good to also just take a look at how the rest of the leagues were doing. Some interesting stories there, but now back to Premier League, so pretty hyped to get back to it. And no more international football. Not, not too excited about the, the big news of the weekend. Well, I'd say it's the big news of the week, honestly. It broke yesterday. There was big, there was rumblings earlier in the week. I was seeing... Biggest firing of the season, for sure, because it a, it's a sacking. It's not, a, it's not a, a mutual leaving or anything like that. This is, a, this is a sacking by Tottenham of their greatest ever manager. Whoa, 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 yes, whoa, whoa. who won no trophies. The greatest manager of our generation. <laughs> Their greatest manager. I think it's a little bit too gun-happy from them. So, I yes. Pochettino should have been given a little bit more slack. All right, let me let me set the table here. So, on Tuesday, we had Pochettino sacked around, it was about 3 o'clock Eastern here in the United States, so that's about 8 o'clock over in the UK. And then by the morning, I think it was at 5.30 in the morning, which is 10 a.m. in uh, in the UK, Jose Mourinho was announced as manager of Tottenham, who currently sit in the te- in the Premier League. They sit all the way down in 14th place. They're on 14 points, but they're only seven points out of fifth place. They are nine points out of, or they are 11 points out of a Champions League spot. Now, Maurizio Pochettino, like we said, that was about four and a half years over at Spurs. No trophies, but he guided them and made them a Champions League team that contended for a top four spot every year. Uh, they notoriously and famously applied pressure on Chelsea in the season that they won the league. That was with Antonio Conte, I believe, Alex? Yeah, and or was that yeah, the season and, before. Uh, with Leicester. Yes, and the Leicester season, and obviously they made the Champions League final in May where they lost to Liverpool, so... Look, there's a lot. There's a lot I want to go with this. I want to obviously talk about Jose coming in. I want to talk about what's next for Poch. But on a scale of one to ten, how surprised were you guys that that he got he got the sack on on Tuesday afternoon? Nine, like maybe nine point five, because just I didn't see it coming, and I didn't see what his replacement coming so soon afterward either. I don't know. To me, it's just. Something must have happened where something behind the scenes deteriorated very quickly, and they realized that there was no no like reason to to move forward with um, with Bocchettino anymore. And yeah, I mean, it, it might be the case that they looked at the the team in the last few seasons and think, you know, maybe we've reached our peak with Bocchettino. Maybe going into this new stadium, you know, the players have been hearing the same message for five six years and. 
maybe last year was just the best they could do with this coach. So, you know, as much as I th- a lot of Tottenham fans and a lot of people are criticizing Tottenham for this decision, uh, I think they're bringing in a really good coach who, with a proven track record who has won trophies everywhere he's gone. Uh, you know, even when he didn't have the best of times at United, he still won a bunch of trophies with them. So, um, to me, it's it's more of a testament to... I, I think it's good management, being able to let go of, of a coach that, you know, not really having any sentimental value over him and kind of being a savage over the results and just trying to turn things around, you know, early before uh, before it's too late. So I, I think it's I think it's a pretty good move for them. Uh, I'll, I'll never I'll never back up the move of sacking Pochettino because, well, I mean, we'll get to Mourinho and what, how that's going to look in a, in a minute here. But for Pochettino specifically, like the main question that will be on my mind is what happened between Monday after the uh, like what happened between Sheffield draw? What happened after last Monday? Or like what's like what is the thing? Pochettino's been talking publicly, like in the news, saying like, "Oh, I would love to be at Real Madrid," or if teams like PSG come in for me, you know, I'd be very flattered. Things like that publicly. You know how I took that in the last year. You know how that- I took that like that's Pochettino letting his employer know these kinds of teams are interested in me. Like that's the caliber of manager I am, and I've been at Tottenham for five years, and I've achieved more in the five years at Tottenham than than Tottenham have done since like the '60s, uh, between the '60s and, and and now. So, but in the end, they've won nothing. So if right. Mourinho comes in and wins them an FA Cup or I don't know anything, don't you think that that would be at least something else, something new that would bring in a new era to their new stadium? I'll say this because I Pochettino's kind of expressed this too, and, and we've heard the same thing come out come from Ericsson. Do you think that he maybe should have just resigned after the Champions League loss and been like, I, I did everything I could, I got this team to the to the highest point peak that I think I could. I'm ready I mean, for remember a new challenge. We were all saying we thought Tottenham was going to be like really strong in the league this year at the beginning, like during preseason. Everyone was thinking that they were going to push on after that Champions League and and try and really make a run for the Premier League and. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess nobody really saw this. Well, I I mean, people were were saying that the the squad has did start to collapse uh, once Walker left, and you saw grumblings of Danny Rose and Vertonghen and Alderweireld trying to leave, um, and none of those players resigned over the summer. Um, I believe they did get Son and Kane and Ali to resign new contracts within the last year, but still a lot of important players. Um, didn't sign down the long-term future, and now it looks like probably all of those players are going to end up leaving. Um, I'm guessing they were all waiting to see kind of what was going to happen with Pochettino, and I'm sure a lot of them had this sense of, you know, that this guy's time was coming to an end. Uh, there was a, there's been a lot of like news coming out today that a lot of the Tottenham players could you know barely look at Pochettino in the training ground. That there was a lot of tension in the squad, and. Yeah, it kind of sounds like they just really needed uh, a breath of fresh air and a change of mentality and someone that they could get behind. And Mourinho is still that guy. I I still am kind of scared of him. I think people are looking at his situation at United and thinking, you know, this guy's a dinosaur and whatnot. But he still had a very mediocre United team finish second with like 87 or 88 points and still won a Europa League, won an FA Cup. Uh, was still you know competitive. He, he didn't Sorry. win the FA Cup with them. He lost. Oh, League Cup, a League Cup, but 
you know, still won a couple of trophies with United and even when he was at his worst at a at a club that's clearly a toxic environment and had a ton of problems before Mourinho and still has a lot of problems after, I think you can kind of give him the benefit of the doubt considering that every other club Mourinho has been at, he has won a league title or more. So that's an insane track record to have from his beginning of his managerial career till now. And it was only a few years ago that he was considered, you know, the top three managers in the world. So I think if you can still give Ancelotti, who's a lot older and has been around longer than Mourinho, and I think a lot more of a dinosaur than Mourinho is, if you can still give him credit and think that he can win a league title with Napoli like you thought, Alex, then I think you have to you have to give Mourinho the benefit of the doubt here and think that this is a very well-trained Tottenham squad who's looked really, really good at times um, in the last year and... You know, I I don't know. I just think that Mourinho could take this team to a really high level if if they catch on to his ideas and listen to him. I don't know how long that's going to last. It could be like one or two years that Mourinho could have a, a good spell with them. But I I am almost sure that he's going to have a, a very good run with this side at some point in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I'm I'm probably I'm probably more scared. That's probably the best word to use as a Chelsea fan. I'm probably more scared of Mourinho's chances of success uh, with this Tottenham squad than I ever was with his chances at Manchester United. Because Mourinho's a manager that he's, he, he does well. This is a well. way better squad than the United yes, squad. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? He's inheriting like a, like a, a Champions League finalist squad with chock full of talent that we... I mean, we've praised Tottenham so much, like their depth and the, their youth players and some of the players that they have on that team. They just went stale. I really do think that this is a good move for them. Like I, at first, I didn't like it, and I thought Fire and Pochettino's crazy. But I think for both sides, it's going to end up being good. I think Pochettino's going to come out better. He's going to go to some other job and look good. And I think I think Tottenham are going to end up being better overall this season and in the next couple of years uh, with Mourinho. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. I like the move. Uh, we do need we do need to bring up the fact though that in the calendar year two thousand nineteen. The there hasn't been like a long period of time where Tottenham have had like sustained good form, like especially in the league. The only thing you can really point to is that run to the Champions League final, and even that was like kind of a struggle. Like the City game, they came out on top of that in uh, the quarterfinal, but you know they had to come back from losing positions against City, against Ajax. They go down uh, to Liverpool after like thirty seconds and never really look like winning that game. Like there, there's not too many points this like this year, 2019, where you can point uh, to like ten games in a row in all competitions for Tottenham and and say like, oh yeah, the, the, they've been playing what they played well during that spell. That's something I've seen from Tottenham fans all over the place is that he papered over the cracks. Yeah, and so like just to go back to Pochettino real quick, like in terms of the the, the freshness of the squad. I think because of what he, the way he was the one to build the squad into, let's face it, like a perennial Champions League, uh, uh, at least like participant. They weren't that before Pochettino got there, and they had been and, aiming and I mean, for that the whole time. Yeah, and we almost like we almost like guaranteed them to go through the groups most years. In the last few years, we've been thinking that right. they're, you know, they've been shoe ins to go through the knockout rounds. Like they've been a strong Champions League team in these last few years. So, but it. That's that's a pretty massive improvement on where Tottenham was five years ago. But to to look at like the the, the fit between the the current Tottenham squad and admittedly how badly they have been playing, and uh, Jose Mourinho coming in, the thing that kind of makes me think it will will work out like especially right away and uh, probably for 
much of the rest of the season is that when you when you think of Mauricio Pochettino, like you think of him as like an attacking manager, yes, but I, I kind of think of his style really closely to uh, to Klopp's, where a lot of it is built on like intensity, work rate, being uh, more physically fit than your opponents, just outworking them and putting a pace on them where they just can't handle the pressure of uh, how much you're getting up into them. Those are all like defensive qualities, and they're all things that you look for, or, or all things that Mourinho's greatest teams were able to do. What's the one thing you would hate about playing Tottenham every time your team would play them? You knew they were going to like almost injure like all of your players. They they're just wait. They were that so goes physical. Great with Mourinho it's style it, it's too. kind of a perfect fit. Like players like Deli Ali. Like uh, Danny Rose, all those players. Even Harry Kane, I feel like, is going to be absolutely lethal under Mourinho. It just feels like he, he'll be able to get the best out of some a player like Kane again. So I'm not looking forward to this. Also, Mourinho's record against Arsenal is just <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. So I'm not looking forward to having to face Mourinho again in the well, league. You already played, you already played them once. You know, We have to play them twice this season with Mourinho. That's gonna be interting. Mourinho at Stamford Bridge with uh, with Tottenham. It's like it's three days. It's three days before Christmas. Sunday the twenty second. They, they're about to go to Old Trafford. I think uh, December fourth. Right. Yes, uh, I was looking at the schedule. Yes, uh, the, Mourinho has a couple of pretty easy games to ease into here. Uh, you know, West Ham, which are near the bottom. That's of the not table. an easy game. Come um, on, and then perfect segue, Javier. Not an easy game. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I, I mean, mean not we, not exactly perfect. Not exactly perfect. Uh, it is the first game. No, it is the first easy. game, but that's not where I wanted. It's not easy, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I do want to ask you, where do you guys think Poch lands next? Because, and I'll give you mine first. I think he sits out the rest of the season, takes a break, doesn't you know just take any job that's offered him. But if PSG don't do something special this year, and they decide to fire Tuchel. Or they could decide to fire Tuchel because Poch is available. Poch was a captain there. He knows he knows the club. He knows the club history. I think PSG would be a perfect fit for him, to be honest. And I don't see him going in the opposite direction. I would direction. love him at Arsenal. I don't God, see him going in the opposite direction. I don't see him I taking would. like the Espanol job. I don't see him taking like the Southampton job if that opens up. He has paved his way into being a manager of a top-tier God, club. If he took the Arsenal job, that would be amazing. That would be just such a great fuck you to Tottenham. And that would be great if he just wanted to prove Tottenham wrong and, uh, and goes and takes the Arsenal job. That's where I'd love to see him. But yeah, the PSG is a good, good shout. Bayern's a good shout. I'm sure he'll end, he'll end up on a big team. I don't think Real are going to fire Zidane after giving him four hundred million dollars to spend on a squad. I don't even. I think I think you wait for so, you wait for that job though. You wait to see how it goes because things are so volatile there that like he could be. Yeah, I doubt he'll have. Year. I doubt he'll he'll go anywhere before the end of the season because he's going to be getting paid by Tottenham. So have fun on your uh, six month, uh, twelve million dollar vacation, Pochettino. Have a great uh, six months. I mean, we we know there's All a right. position at Sky doing analysis available now that Mourinho's uh, <laughs> <laughs> gone. That'd be this amazing if they swap jobs. They're just like, ah, oh, Poch, come in. Like, all right, that brings us to the weekend. We've got we've got a nice little slate starting off the weekend with a with a London derby. Uh, West Ham taking on Tottenham. Also, Arsenal, Southampton, Crystal Palace, Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea is the uh, the one to lick your lips at. Uh, nice little three four matchup and Sheffield United and Manchester United on Sunday. Let's start with West Ham taking on Tottenham. This was a game I wanted no business in going into the weekend because. 
We're coming off the international break. Some of these teams play really well out of it. A lot of these teams don't. West Ham in particular have just been an absolute free fall over the last month. Did Mourinho get in with enough time to really hand Tottenham the fresh the 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 new manager bump that we always talk about? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yet. I don't think Come so. On. It's it's West Ham. Like it, it's still a tough game. It will always be a tough game. I think all the players are going to be up for it. They're at home. They're going to want to get the the Mourinho era started. No, no, I think they're they're not they're, at they're at they're at the they're London at Stadium. The London Stadium. Oh, they're at the London Stadium. Okay. I, I don't think that changes much um, though because Tottenham have a great record there. Yeah, I still see Tottenham winning this. I think I don't know. I think the the new manager bump will be a thing here. Hausen Hoddle came in and had the new manager bump against Arsenal. Uh, I remember last year, and he only came in like one or two days before the, the uh, Southampton game. And I think I think the same thing happened with uh, Javier Garcia against Arsenal as well. Well, yeah, you guys are just Watford. trash. Well, you know, but West Ham are trash too. So don't uh, don't expect them to do any uh, any any. Any favors for uh, for the other teams? Just looking at the form charts here, and these teams between them in the last five games have won four points. They're they're both yeah, it's not they're both desperate, which sets up perfectly for this to be like a really entertaining game because of the Mourinho switch and because of like the fresh start that should offer like a bunch of their players. I, I wouldn't be I'm not I'm not predicting this, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw like players who were kind of phased out. For much of like the latter part of Pochettino's last few months there, like Eric Dyer or someone like that, just be plopped right back into the first team uh, by Mourinho, and see if he can get like a reaction out of them where they they try to lock down their spot. I bet you Mourinho really likes Lucas yeah. Mora, a right. player who like kind of got froze out of the team this year by Poch, and a lot of times he's looked really good when he's come on, but for some reason just hasn't gotten a, a lot of game time. So I could see Mar- that being one of uh, one of Mourinho's go to players here, but. Yeah, I think Tottenham win this. Um, I think West Ham are just not in good form. And they have a really hard schedule for the rest of the season. They have a game in hand that they haven't played. It's against Manchester City. Um, or that's yet to be determined when that's going to be played. I think it's against Liverpool, isn't it? Or is either Liverpool or City. It's an insanely hard game. And then they have they have a lot of uh, really difficult games coming. So they, uh, they really got to get their shit together. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right, let's uh, let's move down. Arsenal take on Southampton, ten o'clock. I would anticipate that this is probably going to be behind uh, the gold wall. But uh, Javier, how are you feeling about the Gunners coming off uh, international break? Are they going to be able to get all three points against Southampton? You would hope so. This is, I mean, this has to be like a absolute must win game. I mean, there aren't uh, our our chances of top four are like stead- steadily diminishing right now. If uh, if we don't pick up the points during this what's supposedly easy run of the season because we were supposed to be, you know, getting through this this run with relative ease um, or at least with a lot of wins and points. Maybe not ease, but at least the points. And I, I think this will be one of those games that, you know, hopefully won't be too much hustle and bustle and, and we we usually beat Southampton at home pretty easily. So I'm going to say 2-0 Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, even I, like, I, I like Southampton. I want... Southampton to work out and not get relegated and for Hassenhodel to keep his job. I think they're getting relegated this year. So I I think they might too. It's the, my opinion of them is starting to slowly shift, but I feel like it's one of those things that I might be like a bit too invested in the, like the preseason prediction where I thought this was going to be like, not as like bad of a season in terms of the relegation threat, but it's looking like that was wrong. So I might have to jump ship on that one. Um, So it's one of those things where, 
there's just not a lot. There's not enough good going on with Southampton that you think they can really take advantage of Arsenal's shortcomings, like a bunch of these other teams that Arsenal faced in uh, in between those these last like two international breaks, where you're like all of the Crystal Palace, Sheffield, uh, Wolves were all teams kind of like they're all in pretty good form for like mid table to upper mid table teams. Southampton haven't had like a, a, a good result for uh, for a while now. So I'm especially away from home in the Emirates. I'm definitely, I, I, I think I'd lean towards like Arsenal, like just scraping like a one nil or a two nil. Yeah. Maybe it's one nil for most of the game and then they get another goal with well, 10 minutes I, to I go. say two nil because, uh, and I think we'll get a clean sheet is because I think we'll play the five at the back again, which we've trotted out the last couple of games. And I think we'll, we'll slowly grow into that. And this will be the first game that you maybe see us get a comfortable win with it. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be probably the formation Unai uses going forward because it's definitely where we've looked best defensively and we've been able to actually create some chances offensively. That that uh, diamond midfield bullshit hasn't been working at all, so I'm glad that he's changed it up a little bit. All right, let's move over to the Liverpool game, which is also at 10 o'clock. They, take all, or they travel to Crystal Palace, who... Uh, on 15 points, they're in 12th place, but they're still in striking distance of, I mean, they were in the top four for a hot second there to start the season. Um, I do expect Crystal Palace to score on Liverpool. I don't expect them, Crystal Palace, to beat Liverpool, but who, I do expect exactly them. Who Crystal Palace is going to score? Javier, didn't you ask the same thing going into your home game with Crystal Palace? Yeah, and... We fucking Where created goals both goals for from? them. We created both goals for them. I don't think Liverpool are going to create goals for Crystal Palace. Like I don't see Liverpool them aren't good defensively anymore. Liverpool we're not, aren't good okay. defensively we're, right now. We're, we're we're good. We're not elite. Last year yeah. we were elite. You've only kept one clean sheet this season, but you haven't really conceded like more than one goal in almost any game. So correct. It's like they're still good, but they're not like completely not. You know, completely shut down at the back. But I think this will be a game where you guys get a clean sheet. And here, here I'll say this: I, I disagree, which is why I'm actually going to be betting Liverpool, uh, or Crystal pa- Liverpool result, and both the score, which is at plus one eighty five. I will be taking that. Here's the thing: there is a hot rumor out there that Mo Salah's ankle injury, which caused him to miss the international break with. Uh, Egypt, with all the the tough, you know, the the big slate of games coming up for Liverpool, might not play in this game, which means you could see a front three of Divac, Origi, Firmino, and uh, Sadio Mane. You also could see Jordan Shakiri back because he's back in the uh, he's back in the fold for at least the next couple weeks till he gets hurt in training again, and no one talks about him. Um, and the other name who could be out on on Saturday at ten o'clock, and this one's much more important, is Andy Robertson, who has pretty much played like every minute of important. Oh no, James Milner has to play a game. Yeah. But James Milner against like a rotating Wilfred Zaha and, and IU isn't really what I'd want to have to deal with at that left back position. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I I don't, like I said, I don't think, I don't think that palace can beat us, but I do think they're going to make us work for it. And look, we've had to work for a lot of these games. We had to go to Aston Villa and got that late one. Uh, But again, that was Andy Robertson. I'm not saying this is where the undefeated run is going to end. I think the lat the uh, Palace are the last team to beat us at Anfield. They're a team that we've struggled against in the past, but we've done pretty well in the last couple of years at Selhurst. I'm fairly confident that Liverpool are going to go in and win this two one. I'm not expecting a three one, but I, I'm banking around two one, and maybe we go up two nil and Palace score like a late one to make it a little nervy. But it should be a 
it should be a Liverpool victory. That's that's all that we should have to talk about, and the lead should remain eight points as as they head into the the Champions League, which comes back next week. <laughs> All right, and that brings us to the biggest game of the weekend. That's the 12:30 Manchester City Chelsea clash, which is going to be tasty. This is 3 versus 4. This is at Manchester City. Can the young Chelsea team, a team that doesn't I mean, some of these guys were on the Europa League uh run last year, other guys weren't. Obviously, this is this is probably the biggest match of Frank Lampard's career so far. You're going into the Champions of England and taking them on. Uh, in a game when you're ahead of them in the table and they're reeling after a bad loss to uh, to Liverpool, Alex scale of one to ten, how confident are you that Chelsea can do can take points in this game? Can take points? Uh, pretty confident. Like I, I wouldn't say like I'm completely all doom and gloom. I, I mean, I will say beforehand that my bet of the week is like Manchester City to win and both teams to score uh, plus one forty. Uh, but that's just because of the circumstances that you don't, it's very rare that you get Manchester city at, at plus to, especially at home uh, to win. So I just thought I'd take advantage of that while I, while I still could. Um, but I mean, the, the main thing that's kind of like keeping me from like really digging in my heels and predicting like a positive result for Chelsea here is that uh, over the last couple of days, maybe the last day or two, it, the, the, it's not even necessarily news, but it's kind of, it's kind of been revealed that Pulisic is a doubt to play this weekend, which means Hudson Odoi will likely come in, play left wing, William on the right. Looks pretty shit the last few games, Callum. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if you've been watching the same games as me, but he's well. At least the ones just, that I watched from uh, for England that he played over the break, he wasn't uh, didn't look too good in those. Um, he played one game against Kosovo, and he made a he made a couple mistakes and was well, okay, that had a couple game and the last too. Chelsea game he played. So he hasn't looked good for the last two games. Oh God. Oh no! <laughs> well, no, I know, but it's just like a young player like that. They go through. Yeah, he's eighteen. Uh, yeah, they go through good and bad spells, and versus a team like Manchester City, I mean, he might get overwhelmed. That he might not look good in a game like that, as opposed to someone like Pulisic, who has a lot of experience, and you wouldn't think that would get overwhelmed by an occasion like that. So, I think you guys might lose a little bit in that uh, losing that player. So. Well, I think we'll I lose more in concern. we'll lose more in regards to the the main quality that this team has had so far this season, especially since we've been on this good run of form. Is uh, off the ball in terms of our high field uh, pressure. It's Pulisic, Abraham, Willian has just been the perfect mix of hard work and uh, experience. They don't, they don't have a fat, to, uh, slow center forward up there anymore. Right, we can actually reasonably expect Iguain. to press them. I mean, I guess Morata wasn't fat, but he was just like kind of nah, he, No, but we, we started we started Higuain in the 6-0 loss away last season, gotcha. and it was pretty apparent that like we were just playing with 10 men when we were trying to press them. <laughs> you know, it was one of those Ozil cases where except except for, instead of Ozil, we had Higuain, who was just taking the game off whenever Chelsea didn't have the ball, which against Manchester City was 90% of the time, so... Um, yeah, that one, you could have seen that one coming from a mile away, but, uh, the, the, the midfield is an interesting, uh, question. I actually, I'm not super confident Hudson Odoi starts. I think we could see Mason Mount just be shifted a little bit further forward to left wing. And then, uh, the, the full midfield three of Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante being played as kind of a bit more of like a defensive heavy option that's, you know hardworking and more in like the mold of what Liverpool do with their midfield three when they set up against City. 
than uh, than one that's like focused on uh, being good uh, in terms of like attacking play. There's not many goals from that midfield, but you know they can they can put in a shift and and you know try and keep City to two or three goals and hope that we take our chances on the other end. I mean, in any case, I think it's going to be a really high scoring game. Uh, City have not been super airtight defensively at home this season. Uh, they. Uh, th- there will be chances to be taken. Uh, whether guys like Tammy Abraham and uh, William and whoever else is in that front three are, are able to take them is another thing, but the, the chances will be there. Uh, and the pace will be high enough that like it could even you could even find yourself with two or three really good goal-scoring chances. If you take two of those and you're able to play uh, good off the ball uh, and overall defensively and keep them to two and you know, maybe get a bit lucky with them missing a few chances. It could easily end up like two-two, but I'm probably going to stick with like a. Th- I'll stick to like a, a like a four-two Manchester City. I uh, I think that it's going to be a high-scoring game as well. And my bet of the week is Chelsea uh, drawing with Manchester City at plus four hundred. I think that that's that that could happen. I was looking at the Chelsea win, but I don't I don't know if that could if that 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 would be absolutely crazy. But Chelsea have been. Amazing away from from home this season, so um, it is something to to note that Chelsea have been really resilient away from home and have been on really good form. So, but it's the first time since the since the away game at Manchester United. Yeah, that you guys are playing a good team, but you're a completely right. different team than you were then. So uh, I'm gonna say, oh, man, I, why don't you do draw them both to score in that case? Because it's not it's not gonna be nil nil when you when you're, yeah. you're picking a draw it's, like it's not it's yeah. I'm I'm gonna bet Alex's Manchester City result in both in City to score result with both teams to score for City. I'm betting that. Like, so I'm what do you putting think? Like on that. Chelsea, uh, maybe like three two City. Yeah, that's something like that. I think three two or two two is where I see that game going. But I think it's gonna be really close. I don't think it's gonna be a like a clear win for City. I don't think it's gonna be like City go up three or four nil and then Chelsea come back or something. I think it's Which- gonna be a. Uh, to be honest, I'll take that. If it, if, if it's close, if it's as long as it's not 4-0 or 6-0, like our last two trips to Manchester have been in the league, then I'm okay with whatever the result is. This is a young team. It kind of feels like there's some cracks in this Manchester City squad right now sure. that are uh, starting to taper over and they're starting to but show again, a little bit more. Again, the main factor I have between Chelsea not getting a, a result in this is the fact that City are coming off of a loss and we know what they do when they come off of losses. They take it out on the next thing that uh, crosses their path. Like they, I forget when they lost, when they lost at Norwich, they came back and beat, was it uh, Watford like eight nil after that? And we were just all like, well, that (laughs) poor Watford, they just got their trip to city at the completely wrong time. They lost to Norwich away, went to Shakhtar one, three nil, and then waxed Watford eight, nothing. That was a thing that happened. Right. So if Chelsea, under these circumstances, lose 3-2 or 4-2, and it's a promising looking game with like parts we can sort of build off of, I'm okay with that. Because we're also, we we go into this game ahead of them. You know, it's not like we're a bunch of points off the pace and like the pressure's on to try and get our season back on track or something. No, we're and, in a good spot. And a loss doesn't even knock you out of the top four. Yeah. Yeah, so, we've got a nine point, like a nine or ten point gap on whoever's after that. So well, yeah, that's it's fine. a great transition, Alex, because you have you have twenty six points, and Sheffield United have seventeen points, and they host Manchester United on Sunday, the only game of the day on Sunday, which is at eleven thirty. 
See, I'm so see, hyped for this. See what we did I'm there? I'm so hyped. Um, Sheffield, when I started looking at odds earlier in the week, were at plus 250 to win this game. The odds have changed. They're at plus 280. And I think oh. I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. The disrespect to Sheffield. The, the, I'm, I, they're sixth place in the table. Like, where, where do they, these people? Aren't they fifth? No, uh, they're, you're right. They're fifth place in the table. They have beaten. They beat Arsenal. They took Liverpool in a game that they that Sheffield probably should have drawn. They've played well against everybody at home. Who honestly thinks that a Manchester United midfield without Paul Pogba is going to be able to get through Sheffield and create I think a Scott bunch McCombin of chances? Scott McTominay also got injured in the international break. Boom! Like I'm taking. I'm but taking. Marcus Sheffield. Rashford and Anthony Martial have been looking. Very lethal in the last couple of games, and who's Martial getting them the ball? Back, I don't know. It just kind of feels like the, the the having that front line of James Martial Rashford. Um, it just kind of feels like they're starting to click right now, and 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 Manchester United have games like this where they really really need to win, and they've it feels like with Ole they've they've been able to kind of do a job on these. Um, I don't know. Sometimes they just they just whimper out of get games, but that's been when they haven't had personnel like to score goals. It feels like now when they have their 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 players that make them dangerous on the counterattack, which is how Ole likes to play. Um, it kind of feels like they're back a little bit. But they're not going to counterattack. And if they win this game, I think you can kind of you you might get that feeling. Um, I'm really curious too. I'm really excited for this game too, Alex. Um, I agree that this is going to be a fun one. I think there's going to be goals uh i think it could be like a 2-2 or you know a 3-2 win for someone um but i don't know i'm uh I think i'm not i'm not as like as confident in sheffield here because i kind of think that united have uh they have a little bit of a wind under their sails right now and i kind of think that they're uh they're a little bit on the rise even with a couple of injuries here and there i think that the team's starting to click a little bit and they've they've looked really dangerous um when the strikers have gotten the service, and Javier, you're 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 asking, you're, you're saying all these things. Fred's been playing well. All I'm thinking is like this game doesn't set up for uh, for those conditions to continue. Sheffield are going to be deep. They're they're a balanced enough team right now that yes, you they've should been attacking feel... teams at home though. They've been yeah, know, but that, that's what I mean. Themselves. But that's what I mean by balance. Every time they do attack, they never really allow themselves to get like two out of their own uh, their own shape. Because of, the, I mean, it's like, partly because of the three Marcus or five Rashford, of the back. Martial and, and Daniel James present a different threat to pretty much anything they face this season. I think the closest thing is like the Salah, Firmino, Mane, but like even that is is not as quick of, of a front line and as dynamic, I think, as those three are. Those three are just like, they're insanely quick. All three of them are absurdly rapid in the way they want to play. All three of them are just trying to get in behind. I think Salah and Firmino like dropping in and, and getting more on the ball. These players just always are going at your back line. They're always running in between the lines and going at your center backs. So when those three, three play four play, Bournemouth, didn't when, they? When all three of them play together, they they've looked really dangerous this season. There hasn't there hasn't been that many occasions where the three have actually gotten to play together. So the Bourne, the Bournemouth game that they just lost like two weeks ago, I think, kind of dispels. They didn't the all they've, three play together. I think it was Martial Rashford. It was Martial Rashford and Martial. Back. I don't think he, he was back. back. He played. Back. He played against Norwich the week before. 
and, and scored an assisted. Like, was Daniel the, James in that game? I don't think Daniel James played. Okay. He's the one. Uh, no, no, the no. Main... Hold on, hold on. Marcus Rashford on the left, Martial down the mid- middle, and Daniel James on the right was your starting lineup. Andres Pereira, Fred, and McTominay was your midfield. And that was the problem in that game. That Bournemouth were set up very well defensively, and the service to those front three players was abysmal. You saw like Fred was one of the main creators in that midfield, and if he's forced to do that again with Pogba and McTominay out. I mean, even with, I mean, Mitomini just said was in that lineup and like, he's a good defensive presence, but like the, the platform for those guys to break down a well set up defensive team isn't there right now. If Sheffield, they could find themselves in positions where Sheffield are on the front foot, they're at home, they're coming on to United. I agree, but there's going to be a, a lot of times where Sheffield are just trying to do the opposite to them or just trying to, you know, make, build the sense of like uh, confidence in their opponents in order to get them on the counterattack themselves. I guess I also just, I also think Marcus Rashford's playing so well right now. He is. I've really liked the way he's looked in the last few games for England and for Manchester United. So I just kind of think he's unstoppable right now. And I think Martial's coming on form and he's looked really good to me in the last two games. And I don't know, I, I always feel like I have a good beat on Manchester United and it feels to me like this is, where they're turning the corner a little bit. I don't think they're going to turn the corner for the whole season and they're going to like make top four or anything. I just think this might be a patch of green form for them. And this might be part of it. So I'm predicting United to win this game. 2-1 is my prediction. Um, I know you guys are taking Sheffield. We, we got some pretty different uh, approaches to the games this week. but No, I'm probably, I'd probably lean towards, towards like a draw, like a 1-1, something like that. It's Javier, it's funny that you said earlier you could see 3-2 in this game. First of all, there hasn't been more than three goals in any of Sheffield's games in the Premier League this year. Number one. Yeah, yeah, I redacted that. Number I went two. two one. <laughs> number two, the over two and a half is at plus 124. The over three and a half is at plus 320. Oh, yeah. So they really don't think the three and a half is happening. Right. Uh, the draw is at plus 220. Manchester United winning outright is at plus 110. And Sheffield's at plus two two eighty. That's right now. not. That's not even like. There's a the bookies think United are going to win this. Uh, the bookies really aren't sure what they think. If they're offering United at two, a little more than two to one odds, because that's what it, that's what you're getting. Like you're doubling what you put down and some. Like, it's they don't know what they think. But but Sheffield two plus two eighty at home against the United team that I don't think can create against them. I'm gonna take Sheffield. I'm riding with Sheffield. I, I've I've bet them a couple times this year and I like betting them. Uh, to wrap up our bets of the week, um, the another one that I'm gonna take is she- uh, Leicester City over Brighton. Um, that's at Brighton. You can get Leicester money line at plus one hundred right now. That could move before Saturday. I'm betting Leicester if I can get them plus money line every time because they're a good team and people don't realize it. I've got Crystal Palace, Liverpool. I've got Liverpool result in both to score at plus 185, and I am taking Sheffield, their money line at plus 280. Alex is giving you Manchester City plus 140, uh, result in both to score against Chelsea, and he's also flirting with, and he didn't talk about it earlier, the over no, four and a half. Oh, yeah, the over I'm not four flirting half, with it. Yeah, the over four and a half goals plus 260 is... Uh, that's 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 something you want to look at. And Javier's going to be a lot of goals. Yeah, Javier's giving you the Chelsea and Manchester City draw at plus four hundred. Uh, just for uh, just for giggles here, um, 
we like we said, we expect goals in that game. The result and both to score the draw is at plus four ninety. So your score draw is e- even better bet. Yeah, that's probably a better shout out plus four ninety for that. And one. And then our NBC Sports Predictor picks of the week: uh, Arsenal two 0 over Southampton, Liverpool two 0 at Crystal Palace, Manchester City three, Chelsea two. Sheffield United, Manchester United 2-1 for United, and Aston Villa taking down Newcastle in a in 2-1. Uh, last bit of the pod before we sign off. By the way, I, w- I have a couple more bets that I like, and you can check those out. I'll be tweeting out a link to a blog. By the way, if you go 2-1 Sheffield over United, it's not a bad bet either. That one, like we all said, is nobody really fucking knows what's going to happen in that game because... The, the either one of those te- you wouldn't be shocked if Sheffield won you'd be like yeah they they deserve it they're a really good team they've been playing well but at the same time like I don't think I don't think anyone will be really shocked if United win this game either so uh, as I was saying I will have a blog coming out with a couple more bets that I like and games that I'm staying away from um, I'm gonna be writing up my uh, my picks every week and a buddy of mine will be also contributing and giving you some DFS plays for soccer so if you're into daily fantasy soccer. Uh, he'll give you some lineup guys. I'll give you some bets. Look out for that. Uh, I'll be retweeting it from the Ghost Gold Pod Twitter. Um, that's at Ghost Gold Pod on Twitter. Look for that on Thursday or Friday. So tune in for that. By the way, follow the rest of us on social at Andrew Passaro at asmos92 and at Javier Rev9 for his Instagram. And last bit, we have a little banter of the week. Wales made it to Euros 2020, and Gareth Bale brought out quite possibly the best Welsh flag I've ever seen in my life. It ran across the top, Wales, Golf, Madrid, and in the bottom, in that order. Um, this was the be- This is amazing. This is an all-time troll job of, of Real Madrid, who he's basically said, I'm okay with just collecting my salary and playing golf every week because he's not being used at Real Madrid. Have you guys ever seen a better, a, a better flag on a field after a big victory by a team? I, I struggle to come up with one off the top of my head. Um, it, this just screams. Uh, I haven't actually seen the flag. I just read of like that it said that stuff in that you order. You should that's, go on our Instagram then because that. I put it there. He really gives no fucks. He I mean, really the, the thing is, he said as much uh, like before the international break or maybe the first week of the international break when he was talking about how Wales is like the most he enjoys football now. Like he doesn't enjoy playing at Real Madrid and like the pressure that comes with it. And that going away with Wales is like going away on like a lads weekend uh, to whatever European country they have to be playing in and he, just enjoying being with all of his English speaking friends again. <laughs> so he also said I, fuck on TV. Good for him. You know, but, I mean, the guy's just like, just give me my move. January. I Just give me the move. I don't care. I want to play golf. I really don't care. <laughs> is Jose coming for him? That's a great question. Is is that will that be his his first big signing at Tottenham? Bringing home Gareth Bale, and also every Liverpool fan thinks that we're now going to go sign Hyunming Son, which I would love. But like, there FSG has God, I would be horrified FSG has not shown Where would he that they're going to fit on that team. He's uh, on the bench. Uh, Divock Rigi, center, goodbye, center see forward. Ya. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's yeah, he would probably play instead of Firmino. Sell, sell high, I sell high on Firmino. They're not selling Roberto for me now. Don't, don't, don't you right. dare! You're not getting how number off. one. How I'm dare trolling. you? You're not putting Hyung Min Son I'm on trolling. your goddamn bench, you <laughs> bastard! You take that back. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I, but, but every Liverpool fan thinks that we're signing him in on now, which FSG has not shown that they're going to go out and sign a player for 70 plus million, which is what it would take for a player over the age of 26. They're not going to hey, do we'll that. Give you, we'll give you Aubameyang for 70 million. You want him? He doesn't do enough work for us. Get, get out of here. Go, go, go play in the corner, okay? Call me when you get back to the Champions League. All right, that wraps it up for the Ghost Goal Pod. For Alex and Javier, until next time. See ya.